0: Okay, so just to repeat, we're going to be looking at Peter's denial of Christ uh, right after Christ is arrested and about to go on trial and and, uh, eventually be crucified. The first part of the text that we're going to read, uh, which we're going to look at Matthew's account, will be Matthew twenty six thirty through 35. And this is where uh, Christ actually predicts and tells the, apostle that the apostles that someone will deny him. So, beginning in verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written... I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this night before the cock crow... Thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the apostles. So Peter here is denying Christ's assertion that Peter will definitely deny him before the night is over. All right. Now let's move on down to... Verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned here in this uh, in this story of Peter and how he denied Christ. um, I think we've all had... First off, we all know that Peter and Christ were very close, very good friends. um, And some say that... Some say or consider Peter to be the leader of the Twelve Apostles. Obviously, we don't have any account of that. It's not said. And in my opinion on that topic is that it's like an eldership, that they were all equal as far as rank and stature. But I think it was Peter's uh, personality that perhaps put him out front, and he kind of quote-unquote was that natural-born leader that perhaps stood up, was outspoken, and henceforth uh, a lot of people kind of saw him and viewed him as perhaps the leader of the Twelve, but that's definitely not the case at all. You seem to always
1: ask the questions. Yes. Yeah. Um, he just seemed to be very like, eager to learn right there like, tell to
0: know yeah and everybody can relate to that you know whether it's was in school or e- even in in class here you may be thinking a question or have a question and not really want to you know Ask it, speak out, but you know there's another person that tends to kind of ask a lot of questions and speak out, and you're sitting back there thinking that's a, I was wondering the same thing, but uh, that's just that's just your personality uh, versus the other person's personality that you know they're, they're, they're able to speak out more and speak up. So I think that's what the deal was with Peter and the apostles. Um so It's at least what's documented. Yeah, it's at least what's documented. It's good,
2: but maybe the Bible keeps the miracle down in the scripture, so we just get a glimpse of what it's
0: like. Yeah, and not just a glimpse, but we're given what we're needed, right. right? Yeah, good point, Matt. So, yeah. Uh, Kind of to put everything in context and refresh your memory, they had all been in uh, the Mount of Olives. Um, Jesus knew what was about to happen. He portrayed it to the apostles. And way back, it seems like a long time ago now, but when we were studying the book of John, um, I think I had... I taught that lesson on the chapter that, where Peter drew his sword, and you know when the uh, Roman soldiers came to arrest him, you know Peter drew his sword and was ready to fight hundreds of soldiers, and uh, it's it's like he was ready to fight a physical fight. He was still had that mentality of. What Christ was talking about was a physical fight, a physical war, not a spiritual type thing. So uh, at that point in time, Peter was ready to die, sacrifice his blood to protect Christ and fight for what Christ stood for and what he taught and believed. And then just a few hours later, he's denying him. So uh, just to kind of bring everything together, give the whole context here, but uh, there were like, what, 600 soldiers? Um, And that's one of the points I wanted to make was that, you know, there were 600 or so Roman soldiers there to arrest Christ, and Peter draws his sword, and he's ready to die. Without question, I mean, he didn't even hesitate, did he? He drew it. He was the only one, and he wasn't even supposed to even have a sword. Nobody was supposed to have any weapons. Peter took one anyway. He obviously had that sixth sense, that gut feeling that it's going to go down, right? And so he, uh, he brought it and didn't even hesitate to draw it and was ready to die. But when they get back to, uh, uh, I guess I don't forgot now. It's left my memory. So somebody refresh me. But the house of uh, um, Annas and or Caiaphas, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, they were there. That's where they took Christ, and there were um, a couple of female servants. So Peter was brave and courageous in front of 600 Roman soldiers. But when it came down to these two servant women, it's like, you know, it turns into a coward. Just, I mean, just flips like, just like it was nothing. So that's one point that kind of strikes me as odd, but then again, not really because I think we've all been in that situation where, you know, just whether it's work or whatever environment we're in, just all of a sudden, you know, something clicks. But... That's when it all kind of solidified. That's true. And I, Frank, that's a good point. I think I did mention that when I taught that chapter in John that perhaps um, he was a little bit angry and hurt and confused because, like I said, he thought this was going to be a physical war. And then here's Christ. You know, Peter's sitting, you know, Peter's right here with his sword drawn ready to fight and stand up and Christ just, just put it away and walks up and says, you know, here I am, take me without any conflict whatsoever. So maybe Peter is feeling a little bit hurt and confused and just, you know, don't, doesn't really know what to think at this point. So that, that's a good point. To off. Right. Yeah, so uh, the first denial, uh, verse seventy, he says, uh, "I know not what thou sayest." In other words, I don't know what you're talking about. What you know, he tries to play it off. Man, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and so, if you'll remember, uh, it's very cool night, cold night. Uh, the guards have built a fire you know i guess out kind of in front of the house i suppose maybe a warming fire and peter's sitting there looking at it like you know i can i just picture him kind of just standing over in the dark shivering and seeing that warm fire and he's like i'm gonna walk over there and try to just ease in blend in and get warm so he walks over there and they, they, they recognize him. Anybody remember how they recognize him or know how they recognize him or, or think that he knows who Christ is? His
1: speech, the
0: his speech, his accent. That's kind of what threw up a red flag. I can sit here and tell you all day that I'm from Boston. Born and raised, lived there all my life. But when I start talking, do you you gonna believe what I'm telling you? No, no. My accent is gonna give it away. It's gonna tell you I'm a Southern boy from the the Deep South. So, regardless of what I tell you, my accent's gonna give it away. And I've never been the one uh, the type that can like you know, do other voices where you sound different, so I wouldn't have a chance either at disguising myself, so, but anyway, it's very public as he does it in front of them, Uh, and this is kind of the first step in his uh, downward spiral. Um, And that's the way it is with sin. It starts off with just very simple, like like that first denial where he simply says just tries to play it off like, Man, I don't know what you what y'all are talking about. I'm just standing here trying to get warm. good point, Sam. So, uh, that's, yeah, the fear of losing your life is a very persuasive measure. I mean, uh, that's why, you know, prisoners of war and interrogation techniques, you know, they threaten your life. Um, You know, that's how you could get people to talk, is it not? And uh, uh, they kind of, some of them are strong. I mean, if you've ever done any research into uh, military history, whether it's, you know, Vietnam, the two world wars, or anything, uh, the POWs that were interrogated, some of them have that, I don't know, stamina, that mental strength, that physical strength to just stay tight-lipped and uh, you know name, serial number, that's all Frank, you were in the military, right? So name, rank, serial number that's, you know, they'll sit there and say that and they won't get anything out of them but others are tend to be a little weaker and um, you know they'll especially after the longer and the more intense, then, then they do become weaker. and uh, We'll tell them what they're looking to, to know or trying to find out. But uh, verse 71 and 72, uh, And when he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And for a second time, and he again denied with an oath, I do not know this man. So he tells them the second time, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know why y'all assume that I do know him, but I do not know who he is. Then the, the second um, servant girl um, she spreads her accusation around so that the crowd that's watching and listening can hear and says that this was this man was with Jesus of Nazareth, and so now he's not just denying it to a single servant, a single woman, a single person. He, there's an audience now that he has to deny in front of and um, convince. So it started out just, you know, quote-unquote, a little white lie to the first servant. You know, he thought maybe that was going to be it. You know, when the first servant approached him about it, he thought maybe he could just deny it, and then that's it, it'd be over with. But now the second servant notices and recognizes him and it's not just her, but she's done. She's done this, or confronted him in front of a crowd, in front of an audience. He's already told the first one that, you know, he doesn't know what she's talking about. So he can't go back now, can he? He's done started that downward spiral. So he denies the second time in front of the audience, and uh, that. He doesn't know what they're talking about, that he does not know who Jesus of Nazareth is and that he was not with him. Right. If you will turn, if you want to turn over to chapter five, Matthew, and we're going to read real quick, three through thirty-seven, and this is part of the. um, What am I? I've done lost my train of thought. What is this? Sermon on the Mount. Thank you, thank you. Part of the Sermon on the Mount, Mount, and. uh, So beginning in 33, Again ye have heard that that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou... Swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but lay your communication, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Okay, so I think you know where I'm going when I uh, read that scripture. I'm talking about the third denial beginning there in uh, verse 73, And after a while uh, came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. So, this is, you know, pretty big thing when he starts swearing and cursing and putting down an oath. I mean he's he's really getting irritated. Um, and he's trying to do his best to put distance between him and Christ. Uh, so at this point he's scared. Oh that they're really gonna find him out. Absolutely. Good point. So I mean and obviously the third I mean this is the third time they approached him. So there's a lot of suspicion there, isn't there. Yeah, they they know uh, they're just trying to get him to admit it. What, the yeah.
2: going
0: all out Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Kind of to paraphrase and, and put it into our, I, I don't know, I guess our style of language versus... Uh, King James style of language, you know, that's like saying, um, and I got this out of a commentary, but may it's like him saying, "May God Almighty strike me dead if I even know this man." You know, that's basically that's kind of what he's saying. I mean, he's trying his best to convince them, even to the point of cursing and swearing, which, uh, you know, we all just saw the. Christ's attitude and God's attitude toward that so but you know this was one of Jesus' best friends in the whole wide world okay and here he is denying him and so there's there's a lot of pain uh, associated with that I'm sure we've all had friends and, and relatives that you know, have betrayed us in the past. And uh, if you haven't, you know, and consider yourself very lucky. But, you know, it's, I think it serves as a valuable lesson in so many ways uh, not only of how sin takes foothold, but also of people's personalities and how they can change in, in certain Environments, I guess you could say. Um, oh, I think another thing happened with Peter
2: too, not death when the cock And and Luke 23. It said, and Jesus looked at him and he remembered the
0: words of Jesus. I think that's another thing that got Yeah Now, Sam, you ruined it for me. See, I had that. I had that down like in a couple, on the next page, Luke 23, and you spoiled the plot. No, that's a good point, though, a uh, very good point. Um, but, uh, I mean, they were a close-knit, him and Peter and John, uh, they all they were all very close, and so... And then John was also there, was he not? But he was in the house, so no mention is made as to uh, if John knew what was going on or observing. We just don't know. So. But, I mean, if in Luke's account, Christ saw him do it, so there's a good possibility that John was there to witness it as well. And why didn't they, uh, you know, just? I'm a thinker, and I, I go way out. I'll, I'll chase rabbit holes, you know, go down rabbit holes. But, you know, why didn't they approach John about this? I mean, why was it?
2: John. knew the guy at the He turned
0: him, from on in." Okay, well, brother Mike, just explained that for so me, then. Boston. Did what now? He like he's in Yeah, <laughs> he fit in, huh? Boston. Uh, okay, so the third denial was the worst one of all, um, because of the cursing and the swearing and the oath he took, and, uh, there was no denying, uh, Peter's accent. He was from, uh, Galilee. He was a Galilean, so, I mean, obviously, it's not just in the U.S. where you have these accents, and, uh. It's obviously all across the world because they could tell by the sound of his voice that he was from Galilee. You know, and I can't—I couldn't tell you what you know that would sound like, or I can't even really comprehend what a diff, you know—his accent would be that would give it away. But
2: can you imagine all the? Rhythm?
0: That was providence, though, wasn't it? I mean, it was... Jesus uh, prophesied. He told him that very night that it was going to happen, and he didn't believe it. But that's true. Every time he heard a rooster, I'm sure... And that was probably one of Peter's greatest, you know, regrets his, the rest of his life. That's something... That's also another lesson I didn't even think of until you brought it up. But we, as just people in general, we're going to make mistakes. There's no doubt about it. But you just got, just remember, you're going to have to live with those mistakes. You're going to (laughs) have that mistake and those memories with you for the rest of your life. You could get forgiveness and you know that's always going to be there available for you as long as you're alive but you're still going to have to live with the consequences of those decisions you made you
2: know, you know Peter could have been yeah he turned back
0: on. Judas took the easy way out
2: Sinners. But I I try to focus on Christ, and that's what we have to do. We make mistakes, they won't be there. But we can let them either be a stepping stone or a stumbling block. And we can humble ourselves by it. Don't you know what Paul thought about it when he was being stoned in living? That Stephen was stoned and he held the garments.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Because, and I think that's where we go if we do it right because yes I made those mistakes but my, my class got on the cross for those mistakes to be cleansed. and when I went under and came up those mistakes he had, he had forgiven me for so no matter what anybody else thinks of me because of my mistakes my God is given me redemption
2: absolutely Paul said forgiving those things are behind to the same of the so
0: to forgive and I forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a young friend of mine in uh, at UNA last week, and she's a big reader. Just loves to read books. And she was telling me about a book she was reading that was about a girl that a young girl like. 22 or 23 and uh, I forget, you know obviously I wasn't going to read that book I don't read books really I don't read really for fun you know that's like some people you know say I can't see how you like to run running is not fun I, I'm not a big reader I don't you know. anyway uh so I was, I was like, well, you could tell me about it because I'm not going to read the book, you know. She's like, I don't want to ruin it for you. You know, I was like, don't worry, you're not. But it's about a young girl, and long story short, it was like something like she was able to see into the future when she took diff- two different, you know, she if she, like, major decisions, like right now. She takes this path, you know, it's leads to a different life she goes this way It leads to a completely different life but at the very end um, it ended up both paths ended somewhat similarly she bu- she fell in love and was happy both ways but when she said she was telling me about the book I got to thinking when you get older or at least like, me personally, I look back at those, you know, major crossroads, those major decisions in life, and I think, you know, what if, what if I had done this, or what if I had done that, you know, what what would my life be like now, so, but I thought that was kind of interesting, that, and uh, I'm not going to read it, but it did sound like an interesting book, so, All right, let me get back on track here. Um, All right, this talks a little bit about uh, his fear, you know. And the major question is, which I brought up earlier on, what motivated all this? I mean, why... Just a few hours earlier, did he have the mindset he had? And then now he's got a totally opposite. I mean, he went 180 degrees in his attitude. And a lot of it was from that fear. Uh, So, uh, but I want to real quick point out Luke chapter 22 61 that. um, uh, Brother Sam mentioned a, uh, a little bit ago about you know, how Peter must have felt when he denied Christ for the third time and the rooster crowed. Uh, and in 61 it says, And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord How he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So at that moment, it all just kind of sunk in, did it not? And he realized what he had done. And that's kind of how sin hits us a lot of times. Just, bam, it hits us, and we realize it. And hopefully we realize that we have to do something about it. Anybody have any questions or comments? Thank you.